Welcome. My name is Alfonso Severos, and this is Jazz Just the Way We Like It. Jazz Just the Way We Like It is my weekly podcast recorded live at Brick Arts, downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn, at Free Speech Radio. Jazz Just the Way We Like It plays those classic jazz songs from the 1950s, the 1960s, and the 1970s. Those songs I grew up on, listened to as a young man. And here I am now playing them for your pleasure. And also to introduce a younger generation to that fabulous art form known as jazz. Welcome to my weekly podcast. I'm in the studio flying solo today. Well, folks, I always start my podcasts by playing a song that sort of speaks to social justice, progressive issues, the human condition. And here's one that you should recognize, done by Stevie Wonder, Living for the City. Mississippi surrounded by for one that ain't so pretty his parents give him love and affection to keep him strong moving in the right direction living just enough just enough for the city That's Stevie Wonder, Living for the City. 
I remember when that song came out in 1973. Uh, I used to listen to it, dance to it, but I never really heard it. If you listen and heard it just now, you would realize that this is, he's speaking about injustice, inequality, just surviving against all odds. Uh, pretty powerful song by a very young man who addressed the social conditions and the social reality of black folks in 1973, which to some extent is also true today in 2019. Stevie Wonder, Living for the Sea. Well, folks, we've seen some pretty interesting, to say the least, movements with our government. The House officially opened impeachment inquiry on President Trump. Whoa, good news to most of us. But understand, folks, that this is just the first step. It's an inquiry. Now, we saw in one week, just one week, man, the number of Democrats who support impeachment inquiry went over 200. And that's because of the recent developments with the ble uh, whistleblower and the Ukraine, where President Trump uh, more than implied that U.S. aid will be contingent upon his willing, the president of Ukraine willingness to find dirt on Joe Biden, his political adversary. Wow, you talk about use the office of the presidency for your own personal gain. My, 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 that's impeachable. Oh, man, just the idea of saying it. Uh, and uh, this guy, the president, Trump, He's arrogant. He said, yeah, I said it. So what it mean? That's not impeachable. It's a witch hunt. He's calling it, at this point, he's calling it civil war. He is going to pull everything out the bag to counteract this. And why? Because right now, 55% of the American public approve the impeachment inquiry, 55%, 45 do not. And of that 55%, 20% are Republicans. The tide is turning. And the thing about, understand the inquiry, it opens up Pandora box, because not only will they investigate his dealings with the president of Ukraine, everything's on the table everything. So we may see uh, a impeachment uh, vote and approval by the House. Now some say, oh, even if the House improve uh, impeaching the president, the Senate will never. Well, don't be so quick to say that. Those senators are about survival survival, and one thing will sway them, and it's the same thing why they're loyal to Donald Trump, not because of his policies. Don't let them fool you. It's public opinion. They support Donald Trump because they know the majority of the Republican public supports Donald Trump, and for them to go against Trump will put their position in jeopardy. However, in terms of impeachment, if the table turns, and it may, it may, then, and I realize there may be 30 to 35 percent of the population who are stone cold Trump supporters. 
And regardless of the facts and evidence, these are folks that believe conspiracy. Uh, they will support the president. And it's so interesting, the American, the Democrats are moving in such a careful, calm way with this inquiry, step by step by step. While on the other hand, we see the White House and its staff in a state of confusion. Man, I just watched these Sunday shows and they had Giuliani on there and another spokesman. And they, they were all over the place, all over the place. And Giuliani is, is, is uh, uh, out of his mind, absolutely out of his mind. He's calling on Biden and Biden's son in, in a conspiracy and, and, and uh, uh, corruption. But the facts, what's the facts? He said President Biden played a cool, a major hand in getting rid of the prime minister, the, uh, the elected official in the, in the Ukraine because he was investigating Biden. Well, folks, what's the truth? Biden did play a hand in removing that official who was condemned by every European nation, including the IMF, including the EU, European Union, including the World Bank, and including the Congress of Ukraine. They knew he was corrupt, and they knew he was a puppet of the Moscow, of Moscow, of Russia. And so... Biden, as a leader, called for his removal. And then the second thing they're arguing about Joe Biden, that his son joined the corporation that was involved in all this corruption, and they were paying him on the board $50,000 a month. Well, his son did join the corporation, but two years after the corruption came out and they cleaned up that company. And not only that, was it two years after they cleaned up that company? So we see, you know, they're taking facts and twisting it. And that's what Giuliani is doing. But he's in trouble, man. He's in trouble. You know, he's he's not an elected official and he's not protected by no government agency and he's just out there. Well, that's one person I would like to see them corner uh, and corner good. All right, folks. Uh, that's enough on the political scene, but it's going to get very interesting. We may live through an impeachment. And even if the House votes to impeach and the Senate does not approve it. It's the fact that they took him, took him to the mill. They took him to the mill. He would never, ever recover from this. All right, man, let's, let's get to some jazz. Uh, Farrell Saunders, folks. Farrell. Today's episode is all about Farrell Saunders. And this is a piece from 1971. Oh, what a year. 1971, man. I was recently out of college. I was preparing to travel to Europe and Africa, uh, in which I did. But this is Farrell Saunders on a piece called Thimby. So sit back, folks, and enjoy the Pharaoh. Thank you. 
That's Farrell Saunders from a 1971 recording, Thembi. Uh, Farrell Saunders on sax and bells. Michael White on percussion. Lonnie Liston Smith on piano. Cecil McBee on bass. And James Jordan. Man, what a combo. There is a, a, a magic that occurs with Farrell Saunders and Lonnie Liston Smith between that sax and piano. That's sort of special. It's, it's it's wonderful to listen to. Oh man, what a what a piece. Well, you know, Farrell actually was born in 1940 in Little Rock, Arkansas, segregated place at that time, man. You know, uh, 1940 he attended segregated schools. Uh, when he picked up the saxophone, uh, he joined the high school band. And uh, it was the high school band director that introduced Farrell Saunders to jazz. And he used to play around uh, different clubs and when musicians came and groups came to Little Rock, uh, Farrell either played or tried to sit in or just went and listened. All right. Uh, when he graduated from high school, he left. 1959, man, left Little Rock. I don't blame him, brother. I would have got out of town, too, and moved to uh, Oakland, California, uh, and moved in with relatives. It was during that time when he first met John Coltrane. And so he was in Oakland and in California a little over two years and then moved to New York City in 1961. You know, when he came to New York City, Farrell was struggling, man. He was playing with different rhythm and blues bands and the same in California, different jazz groups. Uh, Farrell even played with Sun Ra. Most people don't know that, that Farrell was part of the Sun Ra band uh, for a while. Uh, and then when he got into John Coltrane, with John Coltrane, man, it was another perfect marriage. And it took off. It took off. And after Train, my God, there was an explosion. An explosion. Pharaoh Saunders, today's episode is dedicated to the Pharaoh. And man, do I remember Pharaoh Saunders, man. Oh, my God. When he came on the scene in the 60s and the 70s, he was more than just a man. He was the cultural icon. His music reflected what was occurring in the black community, in the black consciousness community. Uh, my, ah, wonderful man, wonderful. I'm going to play another piece by Farrell Saunders, and it's called Moonchild. And this is a... Uh, much more later, where the first one, Timby, Thimby, was in uh, 1971. This is 1989, and a piece by Farrell Saunders called Moon Child. Uh, sit back and enjoy this piece, man. You can hear the magic of Farrell. The moon in Aries, the moon in Cancer, the moon in Pisces, the moon in Virgo, the moon in Leo, the moon in Scorpio, the moon The moon in Leo, 
Farrell Saunders' Moonchild, recorded in 1989. Farrell Saunders on sax, William Henderson on piano, Stanford James on bass, and Fall on percussions. Man, what a... This shows you just the, the, the range of Farrell Saunders and how he was never afraid to use voices like John Coltrane on some other train pieces. You know, uh, Farrell Saunders integrated voices on some of his greatest albums like uh, Leon Thomas and uh, The Creator Has a Master Plan or Humala, uh, also Leon Thomas. So he was never afraid to use voices. And in fact, there is one song in which Farrell sings himself. And uh, we're going to play that right now. And uh, it's called Love is Everywhere. Love is Everywhere. And this, this is, man, I remember this song, man. Uh, Farrell Saunders, man. Uh, uh, doing it differently, but still doing it, folks. So enjoy. Listen and enjoy. Thank you. 
Carl Sanders, man. Love is everywhere. That's a little different piece, man. It's kind of Farrell one uh, showing that uh, the, uh, diversity, man. Him, that's him. That's him singing, bro. Really, really, really uh, enjoy that piece. Love is everywhere. Three simple words, man. He put into, made into a whole composition. Farrell Saunders. I remember, man, in the late '60s and '70s, man. Every time Farrell came to New York especially Brooklyn. He came to Brooklyn quite often, folks, especially at the East. The East. The East was the cultural center of black consciousness and music. Man, the East was wisdom through music, man. And uh, it was the place. And every time Farrell played there, I was there. And it was always packed, always standing room only. Uh, a very Afrocentric place, the East was. Uh, they served no alcohol, only fruit punch and bean pie. And that bean pie was good. Uh, I remember that, man. Uh, me and my friends used to always go, especially when we knew Farrell was in town. Uh, great memories, great memories. Farrell, you know, performed with John Coltrane on some of his greatest hits, A Love Supreme and others. Farrell was on there, and when John Coltrane passed on, Farrell performed with his Coltrane's wife, Alice Coltrane. And we're going to play one of her pieces in which Farrell is on called Blue Now. Alice Coltrane, Blue Now. And you would hear uh, Farrell Saunders on this piece. Sit back and enjoy.
That's Alice Coltrane, Blue Now, with Alice Coltrane on piano and harp, featuring Farrell Saunders on tenor sax and alto, Joe Henderson on sax, Ron Carter on bass, and Ben Rowley on drums. That was recorded actually in the home of Coltrane. Uh, they had a, a studio in their New Jersey home, and that was recorded in 1970. Man, January 1970, when I was uh, found that out, I was reflecting back on my life in the 1970, that year. That was a strange year for me, man, because it was the end of the 60s, and the 60s were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And for me... It was so much involvement, so many issues from student activity to civil rights activity to issues of black consciousness and so much going on in my life during that decade. That 1970, I had to just get away for a while. And uh, I did. I went to Syracuse, New York for a year. Very strange time and just sort of worked and reflected and played basketball. That's what I did. Came back renewed, man. Uh, you know, ready to get back in the battlefield and uh, go on from there. And I did go on from there, man. And went back, finished up school, uh, traveled uh, in Africa and Europe, came back. Worked a little, went on and got a master's and started working on the doctorates. All kinds of stuff was going on. But I needed that year away, 1970. So that's uh, Alice Coltrane, man. And then you hear Farrell Saunders on this piece, uh, on flute mainly, uh, which is uh, a very interesting for him. Let's play one more piece by Farrell Saunders. And this is um, recorded in pretty uh, uh, much later in 1987. And he is playing a John Coltrane piece called Equinox. So sit back and enjoy this, folks. Thank you. 
Farrell signed the Equinox, uh, recorded in 1987. I hope you enjoyed uh, that, folks. And that's uh, sort of my tribute to Farrell Saunders. Uh, and before I knew it, it's that time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I enjoyed Definitely uh, being here and sharing this time and music with you. Uh, there's so much to Pharaoh, so much. Uh, and if you're a fan of Pharaoh, fantastic. If not, you know, check him out. Go to YouTube. Most of his stuff is on there. 
You know, I didn't play some of his greatest hits, like The Creator Has a Master Plan, and Humala, and Blind, Deaf, and Dumb. Because uh, these are very well-known songs, and so I try to play little different songs that people may not frequently listen to. Well, it's been a pleasure. And as always, people, peace and love. Until the next time. I'm really feeling in the mood for love. So tell me why stop to think about this weather, my dear. This little dream might fade away. There I go talking out of my head again. Oh, baby, won't you come and put our two hearts together? That would make me strong and breathe.